Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reborn podcast, the show designed to help you keep a pulse on the fast-changing world of brick and mortar. As the world reopens and operators race to meet the rising expectations and demands of experience-driven post-COVID consumers, it's more important than ever to stay ahead of the curve and understand the trends and technologies that will shape the future. In each episode, we'll interview successful operators, subject matter experts, and leading thought leaders who will share their insight to help you prepare yourself and your organization for what lies ahead. Here's your host, Bobby Marhamat, CEO of Radiant. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Brick and Mortar Reborn. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Marshall Kay, who is the founder of RFID Sherpas. Marshall, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here with you, Bobby. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I know how busy things can get, especially coming back from a holiday weekend. So again, appreciate you taking the time to educate some of our listeners. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. So before we get started, let's learn a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about Marshall. What's your career trajectory look like? I know you've been in retail for, I think, over 20 years, if you will, but why don't we hear from you? Sure. It's been over 20 years since I graduated from business school, and I went into the field of management consulting, first with a global firm called AT Kearney. And for virtually 20 years straight, I've been focused on retail. And for 15 of those years, it's been as the founder of this consultancy called RFID Sherpas that I founded. We're a small team. We serve retailers and consumer brands. Many of them are global, but some of them are regional. And we basically allow them to proceed with confidence when they put to use this technology called RFID. We help them at any and all stages of their journey. Sometimes it's doing executive workshops. Other times it's working with store operations teams. And it's a lot of fun. Awesome. For our listeners that don't know about RFIDs, if you can give us a little bit of a brief, that would be great. Yeah, sure. RFID stands for Radio Frequency Identification. I didn't invent it, although I certainly wished I did. (laughs) And you can think of it as a smarter version of the barcode. So the barcode isn't serialized, uh, whereas RFID is. And with RFID, you can actually read the price ticket or the smart label from many feet away, sometimes, you know, 20, 25 feet away. So unlike a barcode where you need to actually get a scanner and bring the scanner up to the barcode and wait until it reads, with RFID, you can read many things at once and from a distance. So it has helped retailers solve problems that they've wanted to solve in some cases for up to 100 years. It's amazing. It does a lot for the in-store experience, but also drastically improves the quality of inventory data that powers an entire business for the benefit, not just of shoppers, but also the benefit of employees. And you said, you know, as you've been talking about, there's a lot of benefits to RFIDs. What are some of the the benefits and why do people come to RFID Sherpas for help? Sure. It's a great question. So when you want to use RFID, I mean, you ask the question how it works, and I can give you a little more detail in order to answer this question. With RFID, you've got this smart label. So think of a price ticket or a price sticker that instead of just having the product information and the barcode, it also has a little microchip inside the sticker or inside the ticket that then can be woken up by a device. So an employee would basically do an inventory count at the store, or let's say you're shopping at Uniqlo and it's time to pay, and you hand your clothing to the employee who then places all the items down on the counter, that counter might have an RFID reader. So basically, you have 
the smart label. That's one element. You have the equipment, or in many cases, it's a device. That's called hardware. And then the third part is software that basically manages this information. So you ask the question, why do people come to RFID Sherpas? People come to RFID Sherpas because they want to invest with confidence and proceed with confidence. And they have found that it's good to have an independent, objective voice to help them understand what they truly need and what they don't need and what are their best choices in terms of who to be purchasing the software and hardware and the labels from and how to ensure they're getting great pricing. So those are three reasons. But then over and above the actual purchase itself, there's so much more that goes on in order to create value. So just the vendor selection and purchasing is just a small part of the work that we do. We work with retailers and their teams to help bring value in their stores and also at headquarters as well. Because RFID is very cross-functional. It involves the store operations team, the merchants, IT, supply chain, sourcing, etc. And it's truly a cross-functional initiative. Got it, got it, got it. What led you to start the company? Well, early on in my consulting career, I was assigned to a project in the grocery industry involving this thing called data synchronization, which was an initiative to make sure that a tube of toothpaste didn't have nine different UPCs based on different variations, this thing called data sync, and this thing called RFID that was starting to get attention. And I quickly saw that RFID was going to be very transformational for the industry, and I got bit by the bug. (laughs) And before long, by the year 2007, I saw that what retailers and brands really needed was a boutique consultancy that could give them highly specialized expertise in a very flexible way, which was different from the typical consulting model, which is based on having long projects with project teams coming to headquarters from Monday to Thursday every week. I saw that the industry needed something different than that. And that was an impetus for me to start this practice. And we work internationally. We're not just restricted to North America. And what's amazing is we've really worked for retailers and brands of all shapes and sizes. You know, we've done some work for Target. We've done some work for global athletic brands. We've also worked and assisted startup companies like Tecovis, which I know was featured on earlier podcasts. So uh, when I say all shapes and sizes, it really is true. Marshall, is it is it expensive to implement RFID technology nowadays? It isn't. It isn't. And it hasn't been for a long time. I think that was one of the misnomers. One element of the cost is the cost of the smart label. And it basically only adds five cents to the cost of a label to go from a world where you've got, I'll call them dumb labels, for lack of a better term, to smart labels. You know, if you're a clothing retailer and you have smart labels on all your merchandise. This is merchandise that can be counted rapidly so that you always know what you have in the store. You also, for the first time, have a separate view of what's sitting on the sales floor versus what's sitting in back stock. And that's for every piece of merchandise you have. So if a blue t-shirt comes in six sizes, you will know for each of those six sizes exactly how many of those shirts are on the sales floor, how many are in the stock room. And that is a massive win 
for store employees and for the retailer itself in terms of being able to ensure that everything they the retailer would want out on the floor in terms of the size run and the right quantities is there. And that I know your focus, Bobby, is on great customer experiences when they enter the four walls of the store. And what often gets overlooked is that product availability, and I'll call it on-shelf availability, is itself a form of customer service. Absolutely. If you, Bobby, walk into a clothing store looking for an orange t-shirt and they don't have your size on the shelf, and yet it was sitting in the stock room and it ought to have been on the shelf, not only are you a bit frustrated if it ultimately turns out that that product was there in the store, but secondly, you might not even choose to wait for a store associate to go and try to find it to begin with. So there are lots of different ways to impact the customer experience. I can give you an example of Uniqlo. Uniqlo has been using RFID on all of their merchandise for a while, as has Zara, as has H&M. With Uniqlo, when you go to the checkout counter, like I said, they ring you up really quickly. They don't even look for barcodes. They basically place the items on the counter and it rings it up automatically. And, you know, saving an extra 10 seconds or 15 seconds per transaction might not sound like a lot, but it adds up, especially on a busy weekend or around holiday time. Absolutely. I mean, that and the accuracy, right? Like, absolutely. Absolutely makes a difference. What do you think about, as you think about the adoption of RFID technology today in retail, how does that look? looks great. I will tell you, it depends on which sectors of retail you're talking about, because unlike a technology like POS that applies to all sectors, whether you're talking about a hardware store or a flower shop, RFID is a bit different. RFID does have broad applicability, but it's not as broad as something like POS. So you'll see it in department stores, you'll see it in Walmart, you'll see it in Target, not with every category. In the world of apparel and footwear and what's considered soft goods, so things like handbags, things like that, RFID over the last five to eight years has really grown like a weed. And I will tell you truly that there has been quiet revolution that has taken place. It's already old news to many within the industry, but there's still a lot of other people outside of the immediate orbit who haven't yet heard or or read about it. So within apparel and footwear, you've got Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, I talked about Zara, Uniqlo, H&M, Levi's, a bunch of brands and retailers. And then if you look at Target and Walmart, each of them require RFID on all of their apparel, footwear. Now with Walmart, it's all home goods. So not even things, just things like towels and linens, but kitchen gadgets, things like that. It's moved into consumer electronics. And with Walmart, while that may be relatively new within the last year or two, with Target, it's already been over five years since they've done all of their apparel and footwear and soft home goods. So from a price point perspective, RFID has really run the table from Walmart and Target on the low end to Gucci and Chanel on the high end. And you've got the largest retailers and brands in this space. It's never been a situation where the secondary and tertiary players have been using it. And it's a question of whether the big dogs will do it too. It's been the other way around. In the United States, in the world of department stores, Macy's has been the one that's led the way. And now you have Belk and Dillard's and Nordstrom, all with their own programs. And then I mentioned 
Target and Walmart, of course, that account yeah. for a huge percentage of all. Makes sense. Makes sense. One of the questions that comes up, Marshall, is you know, does RFID, after you leave the store, does it have any sort of you know privacy concerns? Can anything be tracked? Like, is there anything there that people need to be worried about? Nope. They really do not. It's say these tags, they can't be read from very far. Secondly, the information, it's just a license plate number. It doesn't say anything about you. It's not linked to any personally identifiable information. And even then, it doesn't automatically identify what that item is. A person would have to do a lot just to be able to determine what that item even was. And these are removable tags. So no, many, many years ago, people thought that privacy might be an issue with this. And very quickly, well over a decade ago, even longer, that proved not to be the case at all. Awesome. That's awesome. You seem very excited about the technology, as do I. I think that it's one of the you know, best technologies that was created, especially for purposes of doing, you know, we have some customers that use it for loss prevention purposes, even. Uh, so yeah. depending on the use case, right, it, it can be very, very flexible. What are you most excited about with the technology? I'm excited about the fact that we still have really just scratched the surface in terms of the value that it can create. I mean, there are basic use cases that have already dramatically changed the way clothing stores and department stores are operated. Mm -hmm. But there's so much more you can do. You know, I talked about faster checkout. That is used by some, but only a small percentage of retailers. And over time, that will be used by more and more retailers. There are some applications like smart fitting rooms that can provide even better assistance and service and uh, better product information. That's icing on the cake. It's not the cake itself, but that's something that over time can happen. And then smart loss prevention. And it, it isn't just about apprehensions at the door or as people are trying to get away. We know that that over time, is becoming less and less common. It's about the intelligence of knowing what has gone missing and when, not just at the moment at the door where you can tie back a smart reader and the information there to your video cameras to see what went and in what quantities and tie that back to when those items were last seen in the store. It basically provides a set of new tools for loss prevention departments and professionals that they've wanted for a while and haven't had. And frankly, high rates of shrink ultimately lead to higher prices for everybody. So this is something that can ultimately have a positive effect. Yeah, the other thing too is it, it's nice to see RFID contributing in other ways. There are whole industries like food service. So restaurants, including QSR, as you know, quick mm -hmm. serve restaurants, yep. but also supermarkets and other food service environments where RFID is starting to be used to reduce waste, to maximize freshness and create efficiencies. And I think what you're gonna see there, Bobby, is that the ramp up and the uptick will be much quicker than it was in retail with RFID used for apparel and footwear, for example. Makes sense, that's interesting. QSRs, tell me how, how QSRs are using RFID. Well, a good example is Chipotle, which publicized earlier this year some of the work that they're doing where they're tracking the movement of product from a distribution facility to certain locations, I believe in the Chicago market. Mm -hmm. And my understanding is what they're doing is they are making the 
inventory taking process more efficient and more streamlined and having a more reliable chain of custody to monitor the movement of products and ultimately the freshness of product. That's awesome. And then in a supermarket, RFID is a technology that can help with certain processes and in certain areas of the department. Don't expect to find it on you know, boxes of cereal or cans of soup anytime soon. But in areas like fresh meat, where you've got cuts of meat or cuts of fish, smart labels can be used to help employees in the store monitor the movements of products and monitor the freshness of product as well. And that's a win for customers too. Makes sense. Makes sense. It's exciting stuff. I think one of the one of the things that's a misnomer is like the again the investment needed. And it seems like the benefits way outweigh, you know, it seems like the investment is very minimal. So there's a lot that you can get out of uh, using RFID. Oh, for sure. For sure. And it's about the data. Yeah. It gives data that companies have wanted for a long, long time. Not only does it solve problems that companies have wanted to solve. I mean, yeah. if you were to, to if you were to think of Macy's department store or Bloomingdale's and turn the clock back a hundred years, would the CEO not have wanted to know exactly what inventory was sitting in each store? And exactly what was on the sales floor in what quantities versus the stock room and the employees in the store being able to automatically have lists saying this is what's needed from the stock room and in which quantities rather than them having to eyeball the floor and then hope that certain things were in the stock room. That's a big, 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 big win. And then when you consider how long certain items have been on the sales floor versus the stock room. It adds an extra layer of intelligence for merchants that can guide decisions regarding markdowns, et cetera. And then, as you know, Bobby, there's been a dramatic convergence between the world of brick and mortar and the world of online. The yep. two really need to work in concert. And I have yet to see a solution that does more to bridge those two worlds than RFID in terms of being able to give the company visibility as well as customers visibility into exactly what's there and exactly what isn't. So I talked about inventory accuracy before and retailers now having an accurate view of exactly what inventory is sitting in each of their stores. You'd be amazed at the extent of inaccuracy that traditionally has persisted. For every hundred SKUs, and a SKU is, you know, is a stock keeping unit, so yeah. if a t-shirt comes in six sizes, each size is its own skew. For every hundred SKUs, a retailer has only been able to, and I'm talking clothing retailers here, yep. a clothing retailer has only been able to accurately match what truly was on hand in the store with what their system thought was in the store, really only 60 to 70% of the time, meaning 30 to 40% of the time, the quantities are different. Usually they have less than what they think. As a result, putting this in the omnichannel context, as a result, retailers have typically used buffers so that they have business rules. If the system says that I've got three in stock of the sized medium of this sweater, I'm going to assume I only have one, or I might, I might assume I have none uh, because I'm not even confident I'm even going to be able to find it. As a result, you have a situation where many retailers essentially hide from themselves and their own omni-channel programs and hide from customers a significant percentage of the inventory that they have sitting 
across their fleet of stores. And that's a ton of working capital tied up yeah. in inventory that isn't as fully productive as possible. 100%. And you know what, Bobby, I haven't even told you about one of the features of RFID that many retailers and brands are finding really useful. It's a feature that's called the Geiger counter feature. So the same device that is used to take inventory that looks like a barcode reader where the yeah. employee walks around the sales floor, walks around the stock floor. I mean, the stock room. Let's say you're looking for a sweater, size medium, orange. It's not where you think it is. You tap on the screen. You basically have a smartphone sitting on the device. You tap, you indicate what size you're looking for. You walk within about 25 feet of where you think it's supposed to be. You activate the device. If you hear a beep, it means it has detected that item within range. And it beeps louder and quicker as you get closer to it. That's why it's called the Geiger counter feature. Mm. But also, if you don't hear a beep, that also is important information. That tells you it's not in the area where you're looking. So if you're in a crowded stock room of a store, and I'm sure you know how crowded some of those are, it saves you a ton of time. So this isn't just for helping a customer in the moment. It's also used to find a product, let's say your store gets an order saying that Bobby is going to be coming by within an hour to pick up this thing that he just ordered online. You need to get this order packed up and ready for him. Um, this tool is proving very helpful in allowing retailers to execute on that promise they've made to you, the customer. And it's also used not just for BOPIS orders, but for ship from store orders where Retailers want to leverage that inventory across their fleet of stores to fulfill online orders quicker and more profitably for themselves. It's maybe reason number 101 for you to be excited. (laughs) I love it. Love it, love it. We talked about all the uses. What are some of the mistakes that retailers make when they try to deploy RFID technology? Great question. I think one of the classic mistakes is to not treat it as a truly cross-functional initiative that, you know, sometimes people treat it as something that IT and store ops will work on together without the merchant being sufficiently involved. I would say CEOs need to clearly champion this. At the end of the day, the people working in the company need to know that they're working for a company where the CEO needs RFID to be happening and happening well rather than them simply working at a store where the CEO permits the RFID initiative to be happening. And and it's funny, I talk about this as an initiative. For many companies who haven't started, if you're selling apparel and footwear, you're several years behind the curve. The leaders started doing this at least eight years ago, and certainly in earnest five years ago. They weren't necessarily sending out memos to all their competitors saying, hey, look what we're doing to make ourselves efficient. That's what they've been doing. So yeah, number one, it needs to be championed by the CEO and the rest of the executive team. Number two, it needs to be managed cross-functionally. Number three, devote time and some funding for change management, not just uh, training and support for employees in the stores, but also change management at headquarters too, because it involves using new forms of information that you may have always wanted, but you haven't always had. And so it isn't business as usual. It's very powerful information. It's very exciting, but you need to give yourself a bit of time to get 
maximum value. And, and as I say that, I don't want people to think that, well, if you start using it, you won't see a lot of benefit right from day one. That's not the case at all. But to really get the most out of it, you need to learn how to uh, make the best use of the data. Makes sense. Makes sense. Lots of valuable information here, Marshall. What's the future of RFID look like in retail? Future, well, it's going to see greater usage in other product categories, consumer electronics and personal electronics like cell phones, iPads, etc., are categories that are going to see much more usage over the next five years, I would say, especially because Walmart has made that part of their RFID initiative. Yeah. Also, across a variety of categories, you're going to see a change in the way RFID labels are read. And what I mean by that is that there is a breed of solutions that we've always called hands-free RFID or solutions that you would mount it on the ceiling and it, like an RTLS system, we'll be able to tell you down to the nearest foot or two or the nearest yard, what area of the store an item is sitting in. Those solutions are getting more and more ready for prime time. And that will make things even easier for sales associates. It will provide even more granular data for headquarters and, and the people at head office. And that's exciting. That'll take still a bit of time, but but that's directionally where the industry is going. Makes sense. Totally appreciate the time, Marshall. That was a wealth of information. I know our listeners are going to be really, really excited to hear the whole podcast. That's great. Thank you for having me, Bobby. Absolutely. Have a great rest of your day. And again, thank you for joining us today. Take care. 